Hey, hi, um, hey, welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise him. Uh, it is just Jake. It is Jake. I am Jake. Uh, there is no James for this episode. Do not worry. That That is a temporary situation. Uh, just this once. We've been through this storm before and we'll emerge again. I'm, of course, referring to you and I and uh, not to me and James. There's been no sort of... No sort of, you know, friendship rupturing drama. Um, I don't know why I'm throwing in all these <laughs> extraneous imaginary details. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to be speaking with you about Ohio, which has ex- an exclamation mark at the end, which is important for you to be able to imagine the title correctly. Ohio, um, presented by the Knack Theatre and 5x5 Theatre. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's do theme music and then let's continue talking. Uh, yeah, thank you for being here. Hey, um, (laughs) hi! (laughs) Uh, It it feels like it's been an eternity. It feels like it's been so long since the last time I sat in this chair and spoke into this microphone and, yeah, and spoke to you, sweet listener. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been like a month since the last episode came out, which, which doesn't affect you if you're sitting there in, I don't know, the year 2026, you know, having, having like a, like a marathon immersion experience of of this whole podcast but uh yeah it's been like a month because there was a fringe festival and i suppose yes it is possible for a person to participate in an art festival and be recording and you know releasing podcast episodes at the same time but james and i as much as we thought that we would be those people we have proven ourselves not to be those people because yeah i just it was oh which is the thing that i'm sure i will accidentally get into like the mental experience of producing and co-directing two productions at once but um yeah, these aren't excuses. These are just explanations, um, <laughs> which I don't know, which is, I feel like a sentence I said a lot in my childhood, um, which I, well, I'm not going to get into, um, which which brings me, of course, to like, <laughs> as always, not always, as this time, um, launching off with an apology to the production teams um, around Ohio, exclamation mark by Monica Byrne, because that means that it's been like approximately a month since I saw this production. Um, and, and for that, of course, I am deeply sorry. That is unprecedented. Um, and it, but it, and it really is just emblematic of the extent to which I had to like, you know, like put into suspended animation, everything in my life that was not Pinocchio and Pornographilip. Um, yeah, no, I, and I've experienced it before and maybe you do as well. I don't know if they want, if I want that for you, sweet listener, but if it's a thing that I... If it's a thing that I care about and then my brain gets locked onto it, it's like, it's, I, I, everything else just disappears in a way that's just like, I don't know, like I already have atrocious object permanence, but when it comes to this type of thing, and I think it's largely theater that does this to me, um, like making theater, it's like everything else just suddenly has no relevance or significance, or it's like as much as, you know, when your brain is brought to these things, like every moment that I would think about like, oh, Jake, you still need to sit down and talk about your experience of that show that was d- directed by Emily Farrell. Um, it, it would then be like, yes, but Jake, theater. <laughs> it's just like, I, I'm, a, I'm gonna, uh, uh, if you can't tell, I still have like such severe brain damage. I, and I don't say that lightly. I of course say it hyperbolically, I hope. <laughs> Not in a way that, you know, invalidates anyone's brain damage experience. I'm sorry if you were bonked on the noggin and now you can't spell. Um, and that's me proving my neurological <laughs> prowess. Um, 
Yeah, I, my brain is still melted. I didn't know what burnout was until this theatrical experience, um, that of the Fringe Festival and putting these two shows on, which, broadly speaking, such a rewarding, exciting, artistic time and experience. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't, un, I would not unlive it. I'm so grateful for for the experience of the festival and of both of the shows. And that's not me, you know, trying to like paint over a bunch of cracks. It's yeah truly so rewarding but it's like yeah I didn't know like I'd heard people talk about burnout but I just thought that was people being like oh I'm super sleepy and now I need to sleep for a couple of days and I'm gonna tell you about it on the internet um but no it was like it was I don't know quite in, in a way that feels immediately dated it felt almost like the brain fog that I got during my worst COVID experience but it's like is this what burnout is for everybody and then thankfully my pal Zakaya she has, like, in, in many ways, quite a similar brain to mine. Um, very different, but in some ways very similar. And she was like, no, Jake, like, because she, I, we worked together at a restaurant. And um, it was a couple of days after the second of the shows, Pornographer Philip had closed. And I was at work, waiting tables, and just sort of, like, <laughs> smashed this carafe against a wall. Just because I'd lost interest in what I was doing. Like, I'm always this way, but I was intensely this way of, like, if I'm not thinking super specifically about the physical task I'm under, undertaking I just I no longer can do it in an efficient way so it was like because I had lost interest in carrying this like glass carafe around this restaurant um yeah it just it, it was just like as with really I don't know this is almost like a <laughs> like a metaphor I guess or some sort of symbol it's like as with everything in my life that was not these two plays <laughs> I lost mental grip on it and smashed it against the wall of a Mexican restaurant um and so for every of the carafes that, that were casualties of my theatrical focus, um, and, and yeah, I just <laughs> am deeply sorry to those things and people and concepts, and I hope to make it up to you in the coming days and weeks. Um, sorry for that ramble, but yeah, no, so now I have newfound respect for people that experience burnout, and especially those that experience the style that, that I've been victim of, and continue to be. I'm still waiting for, like, I don't know, even before sitting down to record this, I was like, what is this... <laughs> What, am I better yet? <laughs> like, I st like, I'm like, no. The answer is certainly no in terms of, like, I, I I don't know. I'm still, I don't know. I feel like I need to wait for my fingers to get back into their, their, their shapes from, like, a month and a half ago in order to be able to hold on to things like I used to. And I feel like they're still a little bit puffy and slippery and, and wet and, and don't have as many knuckles as they once did. But I'll get there. Um... As, as I've as I've pontificated about before on this podcast, it's like you're never gonna be who you were yesterday. Um, and and but it's like I, it's the thing too of like <laughs> I don't know my brain again. Before sitting down to do this recording, I was thinking like, is it like when you like have ice cream and then the ice cream melts and then you refreeze the ice cream and it's like I feel like you can taste the difference. Um, and so I I don't know I don't know I don't know that somehow applies to how my brain feels and my experience of my consciousness and my focus currently feel that way. So, so I don't know, we'll see what shape my, my ice cream brain refreezes into being, but, um, yeah, theater's hard and, <laughs> and <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm sorry if this episode, um, it feels a bit manic and messy and, and, it, you know, more so than usual, um, because I'm still... And I guess part of why I, I sort of sat down wanting to talk about this experience a little bit, as I will continue to in the next few episodes as well, of, of the, 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 the brain morphing experience of deep immersion theatrical experiences, um, 
two, I, I guess I hope that it helps anyone else who is experiencing it or has or will, um, because I'm very much in the throes of it. And this is me having gotten mostly better from it, but yeah, no, it was, it was like a startling, it was like, yeah, when, when I yeah, spoke to Zakaya after breaking all that glass and she was like, Jake, this is literally what's happening to you and described burnout and especially described like ADHD people experiencing burnout, um, it was like, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful because I was like deeply panicked about like, I don't know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's almost akin to my experiences with drugs and my uh, feelings about doing drugs in the first place of like, but what if I do this and then I'm never better again? Or it's, yeah, I, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm rambling and partly it's because theater damaged my brain <laughs> and, and I don't know, and, and, and partly because James isn't here, you know, to stop me. So it's kind of on him. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, yeah, anxious and sad and, and scared <laughs> um, for all the reasons I said. But yeah, yeah, couldn't focus on anything, couldn't watch anything or read anything, um, which, which I, I guess leads me to, um, as I'm sure I've said a number of times throughout my life, I'm so grateful for Britney Spears because she, of course, released her memoir, um, and, and I had to wait until I could read again to, to focus on it enough to read it, um, which was a great motivator. Um, it was, it, I, really grateful that the book exists. It's not written incredibly, I don't know, that is a controversial take, seemingly, um, but, I, yeah, grateful for the insight that she offered. I, 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 I guess I, I prefer my memoirs with a, with a greater level of sort of, like, emotional reflection, I suppose. Um, like it felt a little bit bullet pointy and a little bit surfacey for, for my tastes. And I guess what I wanted, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe part of it is it, like by the end, I wanted to feel more like I'd become a close friend of Britney Spears. Um, and yeah, no. And, and I think she was more wanting to, um, just uh, uh, clarify a very specific handful of, of facts and, and fill in specific um, parts of history in a, in a, you know, in a, you know, I say shallow in a way that sounds more hurtful than it's wanting to. Um, yeah, I, I wish I'd learned more about her psyche, um, more so than just sort of like a surface skimmed experience of the chronology of recent events, I guess. Uh, yeah, people have been so insistent that she must have used a ghostwriter, which I suppose like, yeah, she probably did just because that's kind of like the industry standard of things, but it didn't reek of that. Like if anything, it seemed almost as if she like, I don't know, just like voice memoed into her phone or something, or even like she sat down and did the tippy tappy typing herself. And then someone just sort of like edited it and reshaped some stuff. Um, because yeah, I don't know. It, it lacked an emotional profundity, which I was hungry for, but I don't know. It is what it is. And again, I'm grateful for it, but yeah, I'm just glad that she's not dead. She should super duper be dead given the people that were around her and what she went through, but she's such a loving person. Um, yeah, I don't know if you're here and caring about the plight of Britney Spears, but I certainly do. So if you want to talk to me about that, <laughs> send a message on through. Um, but yeah, yeah, wanting to be able to read her book was a real, <laughs> real push in the direction of me wanting to regain a, a passion for literacy, um, which again is is returning to me slowly. Um, but anyway, I'll stop talking about that, and I'll stop talking about Britney for for a few minutes, so so that we can talk about theater together. Um, in terms of a star rating, um, uh, I don't know. Let's uh, let let's give it sixty nine um, because. 
69 stars. Because recently, for reasons that I will get to in the future, um, once I'm probably allowed to talk about what it is that I'm talking about, I was recently told to choose my favourite number. And then, because I'm just, a, you know, famously a dude bro jock, I I said 69. Um, and then and then high-fived my buddies. Um, 69 stars. Let's talk about theatre. Shall we? Uh, again, thank you for being here. <laughs> So I went to the MC showroom to see Ohio exclamation mark by Monica Byrne. Uh, uh, went to the MC showroom. The hole in the roof is still there. I, I know that no one cares about these updates. Um, if you do, thank you. Because it's certainly on my mind too much of the time. But yeah, hole in the roof, still there. That is your official update. Uh, yeah, went in, sat down, front row. Um, sitting there, waiting for the show to start. I know close to nothing about the production, which is always such a blissful way to go into these things. But yeah, sat there. And then before anything starts, it's a preview. Um... Yeah, preview of the show. Um, Emily Farrell, who directed and wrote The Charade and Broken Record, if you remember when when I went to see that at Club Voltaire. Anyway, again, yeah, just want to like point out again how wonderfully developed her like playwriting abilities were from Broken Record to The Charade. I just want to bring that up again because it's a thing that I often bring up when people are like, oh, I'm seeing this Emily Farrell show, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh my God, isn't it great how her writing ability has developed so much? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> maybe that's not interesting to you. But yeah, comes out because she directed this work. So she comes out and starts talking to us as an audience, which I just always think is nice um, unless the person ends up having a really abrasive personality and then it sort of casts a pall across the entire show because it's like, oh, remember when the director came out at the start and was really condescending and rude to us? Now I don't want this show to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, that did not happen. She had a very good talking to the audience voice, but informed us of, and this is huge. For Jake, at least, huge. What she announced was one of the cast members wasn't be, like going to be going on for the preview um, because apparently Felice Lyon was unwell and wanted to you know, save themselves for for opening night, which makes sense. I, I hope that they they are still with us. <laughs> but um, but uh, silver lining to that tragedy was the fact that then <laughs> what got announced by Emily was that Bridget Morrison was going on instead with script in hand, Bridget Morrison. <laughs> a performer for whom I famously have <laughs> wildly positive feelings because I think that she's always, oh my God, I, I'm certain that Bridget is sick of me complimenting her. Um, and that's on me. <laughs> but I just think she's so remarkable and fun to watch and so surprising all the time. And the fact that she would be going on with script in hand is just like, it's so fun to see like a capable, engaging person on stage with some like real world obstacle or something. Like just something that's impeding their capacity to, and maybe this is a dark thing to quack quack be admitting to, but it's like, as I've said before, it's like, you know when they like cancel cabarets because the lead actor has a cold or something? And it's like, no, I want them to go on stage with the cold and do the cabaret. I think some really interesting things would happen. Um, and yeah, Bridget's surprise inclusion in the cast is just like one element of what made this collection of performers, this like all female non-binary collection of people, such an exciting ensemble because you guys, Elle Kylie, a pal of mine, was also in the show playing Gabby. Um, and oh, I'm just so into the way that, I don't know, Elle's presence on stage. And when I try to like pin down what it is that I kind of like enjoy about seeing Elle is is I, I somehow I always have this image of like, she's good at sort of like clawing at, at emotion. And I'm unsure of what that means. And I think part of that mystery is one of the several reasons that I really enjoy her presence in, in theatrical productions, because I don't know, she seems to operate in this like lower frequency. 
um, that I'm accustomed to seeing people operate in, and it's kind of mystifying and odd to me. And and it's, yeah, and was the case in this work too. And yeah, that's just, just a scaric of what I find so so entrancing about about Elle's presence. On top of that as well, Rosa Ablett Johnston, uh, who's like a newfound passion of mine. <laughs> Who was she was in the charade. Um, she was playing like one of the sisters in in that production that we recently spoke about, um, where it was like the, the family coming together, um, and there was like uh, like betrayal and surprise pregnancies and a father that wanted to imprison his daughters in sadness. If you recall that the the most recent Emily Farrell piece that we talked about. Um, but yeah, so she's back who, I don't know. I'm still, I don't know what it is about Rosa, but I guess similarly to the elf thing, and I guess similarly to anyone that I find really fun to watch is like trying to pick apart the parts that make them such an engaging, like engaging thing to be watching on stage and then thinking about afterwards. And I think, I don't know, I was like, while watching it and then on the walk home, I was like, what is it about Rosa? And then, I don't know. There's something that's like in her is this melding of, as I think I said last time, there's a Hillary swankness and this show really illuminated like a Missy Pyle-ness to her as well. And I think they are the, <laughs> like that is the, the the fusion that I left hypothesizing about. Like, oh, that is part of what is so wonderful about watching her on stage is like those energies and those feel like, like physicalities combining. Um, but as well too, yeah, I, I, I just enjoy the way that she handles text. Um, and the and the the, I don't know, the grounded presence that she adds to a scene um, is something that's remarkable. Like one of the remarkable things about Rosa. Ooh, and also Lucy May Knight. Uh, they were also in the charade, playing like the disruptive lesbian. <laughs> and, uh, great to see them again. Uh, and it was a nice reminder of like, especially to I have no idea who Lucy is in terms of like a social creature. We've never had a real life conversation. It's just been me sitting in the dark, quack quack, pointing at a stage, watching them be great. But um. Yeah, it's really interesting to see the similarities that exist in two very, very different performances because, I don't know, somehow that feels like a like a true representation of some element of a person's core, I guess. Um, with, yeah, I just... And it's it's it was great for these two productions to benefit from the lightness and comedic sensibilities of Lucy. Uh, just in both pieces, I don't know, somehow there was this sort of like springtime rain cloud to them that that I don't know that I'm super into and and I'm therefore excited to see show number three whatever Lucy is doing next because again very intrigued <laughs> um so what is the plot of Ohio exclamation mark disregard it for a moment because one of the opening images ah uh, was the five so there's six of them in the cast Five of the performers, uh, you know, so these five characters, they're sitting in these chairs and they're laid out across the stage in these chairs. Laid out, I say deceptively because they are sitting in the chairs. Um, but left to right, they're sitting there in chairs, lit like the cell block tango. It feels like the cell block tango. I know that my head is a cantaloupe in terms of its contents um, when I say things like this, but anything that looks a bit like the cell block tango or has like has that energy to it, I'm gonna get super duper excited. And the fact of like, like I am coming into this already a fan of the vast majority of the people already comprising this cell block tango knockoff, it's like bliss. So <laughs> that's the state that I got to get into, which, oh my God, super duper fun. Like, can you imagine if when watching Chicago, like even watching like the movie version of Chicago, instead of it being like Catherine Zeta-Jones and then Maya from Lady Marmalade and then just a bunch of like strangers. Can you imagine if you came into that and it was like just like mostly just a bunch of Catherine Zeta-Joneses? Ah! 
What? Um, but yeah, so then then the plot begins. You know, classic move, good call, Monica Byrne. Uh, they're being interrogated uh, because they've just committed some sort of crime. It's like, in terms of the chronology of the way the story gets told, it's a little back and forthy, which which works for the show's benefit. I think it, it reveals things in a in a really nice way. Um, they're being interrogated by Olivia Durst, who seems to really enjoy kind of like the slow moving manipulative coldness of their character. Um, which of course was really fun to watch. Um, but yeah, so we sort of see Olivia sort of like snake from one of these potential criminals to the next. And it's how we gleam information about who these people are, what they got up to, what they did and why they are being, you know, arrested. I don't know the legal process enough to know at what point they are at. I think they were just arrested and now they're possibly going to get charged with something. I don't know. I've watched less SVU than most people. I've watched all of the good wife and all of the good fight. Um, which I bring up too often. <laughs> uh, we come to learn that this collection of performers used to be in like a like a like a punky, rebellious feminism theater comedy sketch troupe thing back when they were in college. The whole thing is set in the U.S., which is significant not just so that you have the facts, but also because of like the politics that it engages with. Um, it does so quite like United Statesly, just so you know, because like. Yeah, a lot of this play is a bit of satire, a bit of social commentary, um, and other stuff too. But yeah, so they went to a US college together, and while they were there, they, yeah, had this, like, renegade sketch troupe together. Um, and since then, they their friendships kind of dissolved a little bit, but they've been reunited, and they were emboldened to storm the stage at a production of a fictional play called Ohio, which is a show that I suppose, like, <laughs> my presumption is that it is kind of like a play on Oklahoma in terms of it kind of like representing a lot of quintessential American like ideals. Um, God, I wish Oklahoma were more fun. Like I'll be forever, as we all should be, forever grateful to everything that Rogers and Hammerstein did artistically. I, I say artistically specifically because I don't know, one of them could have secretly been like eating children. I don't know and I do not want to stand by that behavior, much less approve of it. <laughs> um, but I'm open to hearing their side. But um, yeah, so I imagine that's what that was supposed to be. But yeah, the, the 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 story of that play in universe itself is about like American idealism um, and love conquering. I guess love participating in the cogs of capitalism, uh, and it's a show that they they as a as a creative group of people kind of oppose in the way that it seems to uphold values that that run counter to any that could um, align with their own those of individualism and overcoming capitalism and stepping out from underneath the crushing foot of, you know, everything being commodified and and about, you know, making more money for the people that already have all of the money. Um, so they've stormed the stage during that production. And we're also, we're <laughs> based on what the synopsis of the play was, it did the whole, the, the show happens, I thought it was like contemporaneous, but it's, it's slightly in the future, apparently. Um, and uh, which, which, yeah, which while watching is like, oh, there's a, there's a strange intensity to the way that this world functions. And I guess, yeah, plonking it slightly further, like, you know, forwards in the future makes sense now. Um, but in the way of you can't do something that renegade and protesty without there being some like rather strict consequences. And people seem to be getting like taken away for having dangerous ideas or doing protesty things. Um, seems to be a component of this world that we've entered into, into again, the, the near future. Um, Amazon exists, um, the satire version of it being called Agora, um, which I was excited to hear about, not because I'm super duper into Amazon getting satirized in any sort of way, um, <laughs> but, but I just enjoy, like, any opportunity to think about the Rachel Weisz film Agora. It's 
really good. I suggest that you check it out. Uh, <laughs> but yes, and Agora functions also as kind of like a prison. So the, not to spoil Ohio exclamation mark by Monica Byrne, but these uh, performers get like taken to Agora and they're imprisoned and they're forced in like, you know, like a, a dark turn of events, quack, quack, uh, forced to perform Ohio sort of into perpetuity. Uh, and interspersed through through the narrative arc of everything, too, we get grabs of their sketch shows from college, uh, which was an element of the script that I guess I enjoyed in execution because it was kind of... It, it presented, I don't know, this interesting element of kind of, like, theatrical friction in the way of, like, you can't... They, like, the audience for a sketch show is so different to the audience that, at least on the night that I was there, comes to a play at the MC showroom <laughs> this night, you know? And it's, I don't know, it's one of those things where it's like, I remember when I saw Gorilla Sabbath, that, that play that happened at La Mama a few years ago that was about, like, gay witchcraft and a few other things, and plonked amidst this plot was this burlesque number sort of out of nowhere. And it's like... Okay, for the last, what, 50 minutes, we've been watching this slow-moving gay witch drama, and now you want us suddenly to be this, like, horny, clamoring, applauding, burlesque audience. And it's like, that's not super-duper how this contract operates. Um, and that that was uh, a mentally engaged... And, and, yeah, that type of <laughs> bizarre audience-performer relationship friction-tension thing is absolutely uncomfortable, uh, but I guess it's also like engaging and stimulating and I don't know, and, and fits into a dramaturgical conversation in a production in a way that even as an audience member, I find just fun to grapple with. Um, yeah, because outside of labeling it as anything qualitative, it's just an interesting micro phenomenon in a work. <laughs> uh, and, and these, the, yeah, these sketch moments and I'm really curious to know how they went down in the season as it, as it continued after this preview that I saw. Um, because it was just very evident that it's like this, the, the people watching this show were, yeah, were paying attention, but it's like, yeah. And then you like hit this button and then suddenly we're watching this, this sketch show. Um, and, and our brains aren't geared for it. So it's, I don't know. It's almost feels Brechtian in, in the distance that is implanted there. Um, yeah, was just was just an element that was that was that was cool, and again, it required yeah my brain to do some puzzle solving and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that. But yeah, I just I want to point out, and I think it's it's the moment that stuck with me the most, and it's the thing that yeah I left reflecting upon, and in the moment was like mo- like most moved by. Again, I don't like to rank things, but the the, the moment that when I think about Ohio, <laughs> if someone was like, okay, but what was what was like the thing that Ohio really like? What was the moment where it was like? the most things were doing the most things and you were feeling the most things. Um, and outside of my like excited <laughs> Bridget announcement um, and, and, and seeing all of these familiar talented faces in front of me in terms of like the, the narrative that we saw and the events that occurred and the dramatic beats that got hit. Um, I yeah, just have to say like without a doubt, there was this like moment where they've been told that they have to perform Ohio for, for, I don't know, an indistinct period of time going forward in this, like, Amazon-esque factory prison thing. And there's a moment where a cast member leaves the stage in this production, happening inside of this production, and then Olivia Finmore-Green, playing Letty, comes in, 
and we see just because of the look on Olivia's face, we know that their friend has just been murdered and no one talks about it. And it's, it's like a little surprising and it's really like haunting and startling, but it's just the look on their face. And that's how we learn of this event of the grief that it's already begun to create. And we see the urgency that this instills in the group around them because it's like, yeah, we have to keep performing this show that we hate for as long as we can because potentially the moment that this curtain goes down, we're all going to get like shot in the face. And and that that's, I think, the thing about Ohio that will stick with me is the look on Olivia's face and then this sense of like, <laughs> there was just something very like exciting and horrific and metaphorically rich about like, okay, we need to make sure that this show goes for as long as it can because the moment that it ends, we might all be getting killed. And yeah, for me, that is the thing about Ohio that that is going to be in my mind for a while. Um, yeah, I just... Yeah, and I didn't mean to leave <laughs> Olivia Finmore Green until the end, but it was, as far as I know, my first experience of this performer and yeah, just want to let him know, I guess... Not that I'm necessarily even speaking to him, um, but I guess I want to let you know, sweet, sweet listener, that, yeah, that the moment, yeah, that that look was on their face was just like, yeah, again, one that will stick with me and was a real moment of theatre succeeding. Um, Yeah. Anyway, that's that, I suppose. Um, Yeah. Um, yeah, so that is that. That is the, the that is the latest installment for you. Um, thank you again to the Knack Theatre and Five by Five Theatre for being so patient with this one. Um, in terms of yeah, moving forward, James of course is returning. Um, the plan too also is for the next couple of episodes or so to be conversations with people who like again we are we are freshly like in the wake of the 2023 Melbourne Fringe Festival. Um, and the plan is to have a couple of like uh, yeah a few conversations with some people that participated in shows um, and having them having them in to talk about their experience with their productions. Um, uh, just because I think that could be like a really fun, interesting series of conversations and hopefully a thing that you'll find interesting for, for reasons that hopefully you'll find surprising. Um, and of course, if you're interested, um, of course, with James's return, he, of course, being a cast member of Pornography Lab, one of the shows that I wrote and co-directed for the French Festival, we'll be talking a lot about that process and, and what we went through putting that show up. Uh, which was, yeah, a wonderful, educational, challenging, really exciting experience. So, yeah, he'll he'll also be offering, like, his side of that experience, too. Uh, and that, yeah, I think will be one of the, the, the several really interesting conversations that will come of this Fringe Festival and the things that happened inside of it. So, uh, yeah, I hope you, yeah, join us for those discussions. Um, James is really excited to be back on here, too. So, yeah, I, I also can't wait for, for our glorious reunion um, with with all of you. So, yeah, thank you again so much for being here. It's really, really sweet of you. As usual, I may already disagree with everything I just said, and friends, don't let friends become theatre critics. Uh, yeah, speak to you, speak to you super duper soon. Mm-hmm.